Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Agenda Series. Join you Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. UK time. Joined this morning by Umar. How you been, mate? You been away? Had a good time? Yeah, good. Batteries recharged. Um, nice to see Arsenal pick up a comfortable mm. win. I can't say I watched it, to be honest. I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. Like, I can't. What do you mean? It's only 1 at 1.30 a.m., you know. Bro, only 1.30 a.m. I'm, I'm in bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so I assume you might be watching the Barcelona game, which is at 3.30 a.m. Then. No way, Jose, man. I'll probably I'll watch the Man United game tomorrow. I'll stay yeah. up for that. But Barcelona, no way, three thirty. Can't do it that. But it was nice. I go up at five a.m. Um, I don't know why. Check my phone. I was hoping, fingers crossed, no injuries, no scary news, nothing yeah. like that. See a nice five nil win for the Arsenal. Go back to bed. Wake up in the morning. Happy days. But yeah, hope you're well also. Yeah, not bad, man. Yeah, I'll be up tomorrow working the game uh, against Man United. It's interesting fixture, uh, and obviously. There's transfer stuff to talk about. We'll, we'll touch upon the Man United game first, I think, because obviously we're kind of in game mindset, if you like. Um, Man United's business, Andrea Nana uh, mm. has been brought in. What do you make of that as a signing? Yeah, good signing. Um, good improvement for where Manchester United um, were last season. I think Eric, Eric Ten Hag has a very good relationship with Nana already. Previously worked together at Ajax. Um, you know what you you'll know what Nana will bring to the team. Um, that's someone that can play out from the back, someone that's good with the ball. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, how Manchester United fare in terms of, basically, they last season they were conceding a lot of um, goal opportunities, a lot of shots on target. And David De Gea, everyone knows his strengths, that's basically saving goals. So it's going to be interesting to see how Manchester United fare this season because I think they need to keep the back door shut because Onana's strengths, you know what they are playing out with the back, passing, um, good with his feet. But at times, he is prone to an error, which which can happen with the, with the best of goalkeepers. But I still think it's an improvement on David De Gea. I think David De Gea, his time is coming to an end. Um, Ten Hag will know what Onana can offer this Manchester United team. Um, Onana will know how Eric Ten Hag wants to play in terms of uh, the goalkeeping position. So, yeah, Manchester United have improved in, in terms of that um, fair play. So, it's going to be interesting. You see what Aston Villa are doing in the transfer window with the business that they've done. Moussa Diaby rejecting a move to Saudi Arabia. Chelsea seem to be... Um, doing well, picked up a nice uh, first preseason game uh, win against Wrexham, 5-0. Liverpool have done some good business. Manchester Manchester City continue to improve. So, yeah, season is set for an exciting race. Um, and I can't wait. I can't wait to get it started. Aston Villa are looking like they're bringing in Moussa Diaby, um, of course, which is an interesting one. Links nicely into transfer talk that we've got because Douglas Louise hmm. has returned as a potential link. Uh, the Sun, I think, reporting this, uh, Arsenal and Spurs going in for it. I personally, right, if the window was to close, I talked about this this morning, I don't know if you watched it, I, I talked about this earlier. Like, 
if Arsenal, if the window closed now, Arsenal have got the three best number six options in the mm. world. Mm. I don't think there's a team with three better options at defensive midfield than us. Um, and so when the discussion around, oh, we need to sign a midfielder or, you know, Douglas Luiz, who has played, you know, deep in midfield, but I don't look at him as a six. I look at him more as a eight, if you like, playing six for Villa. He's a hybrid um, type, isn't he? Yeah, and I mean, we we tried to sign him last summer. We then brought in Jorginho in January. Now we brought in Declan Rice. I don't think we need mm. Douglas Luiz. I don't think we're, unless Partey leaves, which there's been suggestions in the last couple of days that he's, that they're actually not going to sell him, mm. but we I've not got any information on that at the moment. That could change. But I, I just don't think we need anyone in six, at least. Yeah, to be fair, for me, I agree. It's always been dependent on if Thomas Partey goes this window. If he mm. was to say depart, then I think Arsenal would re- need to reinforce in that position and they need to target um, someone of that standard. But if Partey stays, I think Arsenal, the midfield options that they have, formidable. Honestly, and next mm. season, I think we'd be in a perfect, perfect position to basically challenge Manchester City and go all the way. Because you look at the different options um, and um, in terms of game that Mikel Akateta could pick for certain games, big games, you could potentially pick Declan Rice, Partey and Odegaard as a free. In games where you need a bit more attacking edge and cutting edge in the final third, you could play Havertz, you could play Declan Rice, you could play Martin Odegaard. If you want to be a bit more defensively solid, say, for example, Jorginho, Declan Rice. So there's so many options if Partey stays. And for me, I've always wanted Thomas Partey to stay. I think for Arsenal this summer, it was always about reinforcing rather than weakening our squad. We basically reinforced incredibly well. We brought in Havertz, which I think... um, He's a top signing. Uh, Julian Timber, you saw what he done against the MLS All-Stars. He's picking up so many different positions. At, at one point, when I watched the highlights, I was thinking, what position does this guy play? Like, honestly, incredible versatility. It's what Mikel Arteta screams about. Profiles. And we'll talk about Kudus um, in a bit. But, yeah, if Partey stays, I think Arsenal, they're in such a good position. Like, honestly, and that's that makes me like believe that we can go all the way. You put into you put into the fact that we're going to be playing Champions League. You want a player that has played at that level already for Atletico Madrid, who has that experience. But just think about it. Imagine a midfield against Manchester City away from home at the Etihad of Thomas Partey, Declan Rice, and Martin Odegaard. Like it's, it's honestly strong. There's no weakness when you think about it. So for me, yeah. Thomas Partey stays. Um, if he does go, yeah, we need to probably think about reinforcing. But as the weeks go on, as the days continue to um, go past us, I think he'll stay. I, f- I think he'll stay. And I think um, I'll be a happy man. I know you'll be a happy man if he stays as well. Yeah, I think having Rice and Partey as options going into places like Anfield, Incredible. playing against Man City, you know, it gives us so much more compatibility, you know, in, the, in those uh, situations. It gives us great defensive security. So, yeah, absolutely. If the idea is to keep those two, I think that's the best. Um, you know, the, the best way in which to set up Arsenal to play those games is with Rice and Partey. So, let's see what happens. Um, but I think that when it comes to those three, Jorginho, Rice, Partey, yeah, I don't see a team with three better options than those three. They're like, different. You look, you look at Man City. You've got Rodri, Phillips, and. They got that Perone youngster they yeah, brought young, in. Young kid, yeah. um, I mean, I wouldn't swap the three we've got for their three. 
to be honest. Would you? It's just Rodri. No, no, Rodri's great. Rodri. That's but it. The you wouldn't swap. Yeah, spot. you wouldn't. 100%. Yeah. No. Real Madrid's um, have got, I think Real Madrid a lot are mis- misinterpreted quite a lot yeah. from the number of sixes they have. Camavinga for me is a centre midfielder. Yeah, Jude know. Bellingham is a centre midfielder. Modric is a centre midfielder. Cruz is a centre midfielder. Valverde is a centre midfielder. Chouameni is a six. Hmm. I'll give you that. Hmm. But beyond that, they don't really have like an out-and-out number six. Sure, Camavinga can play six. Sure, as Cruz and Modric have got older, they're, they're sitting, you know, a bit more. But I I don't look at those as sixes. You know, I look at them as as eights and centre midfielders. So for me, Arsenal have the best three six options in the world as mm. a squad. And it's the irony because five years ago, we were saying, oh, we still haven't replaced you, but a silver. And now we've done it three times. So, so you yeah, know, there's cool. an irony. It's honestly, when you, when you talk about um, the players that we have at our disposal, Jorginho offers something different to what Declan Rice offers. Declan Rice offers something different to what Thomas Pye offers. They're very different and unique in terms of the profiles and the skills that they offer Arsenal. Jorginho is more in terms of he knows how to control the game. He knows how to control the tempo. Declan Rice, I think, is the full package, in my opinion. Like He can play in a number of positions in the midfield. He compares a six, he compares an eight. You could ask him to be defensively minded. If you want a bit more attacking instinct, I think he can do that as well. And Thomas Partey, you've seen what he's done for Arsenal. When you ignore the injuries, he's a top, top player. And he knows how to control the game. He knows how to control the tempo. Um, he, he can get the ball off you, defensively strong. But I like the fact that he's all, his always first thought is to pass forward. Not sideways, not backwards, full forwards. And I think when you look at our midfielders, like... It does make you smile right now. And hopefully, fingers crossed, um, they can all stay together because, yeah, you wouldn't swap them for anyone Like when you think about it. You wouldn't. Why? I mean, it, yeah, you just wouldn't. I don't think it's going to it much deeper. I, I think it's very clear that Arsenal's options there are, are strong. And only if we move on, say, Partey, do we need to go out and bring in a Lavia or hmm. someone like that. But the priority is obviously keeping those three uh, and having that depth in those positions. Um, so, Douglas Louise, I didn't really get your thoughts on on him. Do you feel like he's needed? Mm-mm. Um, no, there we go. It's just he doesn't add anything to us, yeah. Yeah, you can go to Tottenham to be honest. I think we, 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 were, we were shopping at I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what analogy to use, but now we're, shop, we're shopping at Harrods, use, yeah. yeah. We were shopping at Tesco like a few years ago, but now we're shopping at Harrods. Nothing Other wrong with yeah. available, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now we're shopping at Harrods. We're looking at Deca. I shop at Audi, so you know I'm... I love it. Yeah, bargains, bro. <laughs> bargains. But yeah, I think I think Douglas Louise. When you compare what what we have right now, he's not better. Like he doesn't even scratch the surface, and that's not me even disrespecting him. I think he's a good player, but right now at our disposal, we have better players. How many world class players do we have? You asked that question the other day. I was thinking about mm. it. I saw it on Twitter. It's interesting. Like someone's there was a big account. Someone said that we just have like I know I, I don't know who it was, but someone said we just have two. Bakaya Saka, he said, and Partey. No, no, the guy didn't even mention Partey. What's your definition of world class? I so I wrote a piece about this the other day, um, and I wrote my definition down. Let me find it. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Eight, because I said that we've got eight. Uh, world-class players. I know that a lot of people don't necessarily agree with who it is. So I said, 
Um, subject of who is and who isn't world class is blah, 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 blah. In search of the definition for world class, don't read my piece like blah, 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 by the way. Try yes. and read all of it. Uh, in search of the definition of world class, or at least to get a better, re refined version of my own subjective view after many discussions with other football fans, I've landed on the following. A world-class player is an individual who would start for any of the elite teams in the world or actively compete with their existing starter for their current position. Okay. That's what I came up with with my definition. So I think we've got eight of those in the right. team. I think uh, I think my eight were... Uh, let me find the eight so I get them right. Uh, Bukai Saka, Martin yeah. Odegaard, Gabriel Jesus, Declan Rice, Thomas Partey, William Saliba... Gabriel Magalhaes and Aaron Ramsdale. I said all of them are world-class. And I didn't even include Ben White, Martinelli or Zinchenko in that no. group. Or Kai Havertz. Um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's difficult. It's difficult. Saka, 100% for me. Mm. William Saliba, 100% for me. I look at um, the defenders in and around Europe. I don't see anyone better as of now. Yeah, and maybe people are probably people in the comments are saying you're going over the top. We need to see him in the second season at Arsenal. Yeah, fair enough, fair point. But you'll see him in the second season in an Arsenal shirt, and you'll mm. be astounded how how much he can improve and how better he'll get. So William Saliba's definitely up there. Mm. Martin I Odegaard thought Gabriel was better than Saliba last season across the whole season. He was. I think that's the thing with Gabriel. Like I see a lot of shouts on social me social media when they talk about. Oh, Gabriel needs to be um, treading, needs to be careful, needs to worry that if he doesn't perform the same way that he was last season, he, he may lose his spot in the team. I've seen shouts of Ben White potentially partnering William Saliba at centre-back. Urien Timber coming as a right-sided centre-back and uh, Saliba going over to left-sided centre-back. It won't happen. Like, Gabriel, Mikel Arteta relies upon this defender. Like, Gabriel's a different kind of defender to William Saliba, but I think they basically... They just they just fit together. Like William Saliba spoke about in an interview a few days ago. Like they speak the same language. They know each other during their time over in France. Um, he knows what he can he can offer, um, and they just basically suit each other. But for me, William Saliba is a better defender than Gabriel. I think he's got so much to improve on. That, did you see that defensive uh, position that he picked up in the MLS All Stars game? Like he had no right to get that ball. Like honestly, he had no right to get that ball. He just pushes him. I don't even know what he does. He uses his body so yeah. well and he just cruise control like a Rolls Royce and gets out of that position, gets out of the difficulty. But yeah, yeah. William Saliba, Bukaya Saka, Martin Odegaard, Declan Rice, he has to be up yeah. there. You don't you don't mm. pay 100, 100 million pounds for a player which is like mediocre or average or good. You mm. pay it for a world-class player. Yeah. Um, Thomas Partey, I think he's, he's mm. world-class. Um, the reason why I say Aaron Ramsdale is because I just I, I never feel like he'll ever get given that level of kind of appreciation. You know, I think this is someone that is always going to be in some ways viewed because he's been a, a few, um, you know, uh, relegated clubs that got relegated. He's come to Arsenal. He's had two seasons now at Arsenal. He's always been up there in terms of clean sheets. Right. He's now valued, I think, by CIES as the joint most valuable goalkeeper in the world. I I don't know why I wouldn't consider him a world class and amongst the best goalkeepers in the world. You know what it is? I think it's it's because at times he makes mistakes that people look at that mistake and they think he shouldn't have done that. 
he saw it quite a lot last season. There was there was goals that he conceded, and you think Aaron Ramsdale should do better. But I look at his age, and right now he's nowhere near the peak of a goalkeeper. Mm. Like you've had goalkeepers in the past. You look at Edwin Van der Sar, Buffon. They reached their peak probably when they hit their thirties. You could say thirties. And I think Aaron Ramsdale right now, he probably knows himself he's got much to improve on. But there's parts of his game, I think, which are the reason why Arsenal have been successful over the past few seasons, the way he plays out from the back. And I think he's improving on the shot-stopping. In a penalty shootout, I still think he probably needs to improve that as well because you go back to that Sporting Lisbon game, I was never confident that he would save a penalty. Like, I look at his demeanour, I look at his figure, his stature when he's in goal. He doesn't look like a goalkeeper, like, I think in a penalty shootout, like, mm. he's going to save you. So I think that's another part of his game, which I think he needs to improve. But yeah, let's see what he does in the Champions League um, next season. Uh, I'll keep saying next season. So the season's coming now, like, thick and fast. But for the upcoming season, and it's going to be interesting. But yeah... I, I probably wouldn't say he's world class right now because I want to see a bit more of him at the yeah. highest level. But yeah. it's both parts. You could say he's world class. You could not agree. But they are. We have so many world class players in our team. I wouldn't agree, agree that we have two. Like I've seen shouts on social media, mm-hmm. like Bukayo Saka, Saliba, Odegaard, Martinelli, Partey, Declan Rice, just a few names just to chuck in there. Yeah, I, I think we've got loads. Um, you know, and I think it's a it's a massive improvement on what we've seen over previous seasons where we had like two or three, mm. you know, we used to have like Ozil and Alexis or you might throw yeah. Santi Gazzola into there as well. You know, Van Persie, Nasri, Fabregas, you know, you'd have two or three, yeah. but you wouldn't have loads. Yeah. And now I think Arsenal have got a real good core of world-class players at the group that, you know, that hopefully will take us to that next level next season. Last story to talk about is Mohamed Kudus, who's been linked with the club as well. Um, is he needed? Yes. Yes. Talk to me. Why would you bring him in? I like him. I like him. When the when the links uh, surfaced, I think it was uh, a month ago, I think Ornstein was the first um, journalist, I think, who, who released that. Um, Moxell said it as well, to be yeah, sure. Sammy. So Sammy, Sammy said it as well. There's a few of them that we were interested in, Mohamed um, Kudus, and I was like, okay, this is a signing that I can get on board with. I like the fact that Mikel Arteta, over the past few seasons, he's getting in profiles which are not fixated to one position. You look at our squad right now, and you look all across the board. Every single player can, can play in a number of positions. You look at the signings that we made this summer already. Havertz, he can play as a midfielder, he can play as a number nine, he can play off the flanks. Timber, he can play as a centre-back, he can play as a right-back, he can occupy a midfield position. Deccan Rice, he can play as a six, he can play as an eight. You look past in the previous windows. Zinchenko, he can play as a left-back, he can play as a left-sided midfielder. Takira Tomiyasu, he can play all across the back line. It's profiles that Mikel Arteta is adding to this squad. So if there's a if there's a need to basically change the formation in the game, if there's a if there's a need to basically be different in, 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 tactically in a certain game against like the big teams or against the minerals, Mikel Arteta has so many options that he can add to this team. And I've always been in the mindset that we need a backup for Bakaya Saka, but not necessarily a backup. I want someone to basically raise his game to compete with Bakaya Saka, to get the best out of him on a week-to-week basis. And I think Mohamed Kudus can do that. You look over at the World Cup, which which happened yeah. in Qatar, Ghana had a tough group. They had Portugal, they had Uruguay, I think they had uh, South South Korea, I think. 
and it was a tough group. But Ghana done well in that group. And the best player in that team, which stood Portugal. out for me, Portugal. It was Portugal, Uruguay, and South Korea, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the only player that stood out in that tournament for Ghana, for me, was Kudus. Every single game against Portugal, mm -hmm. Uruguay, he was the player that was making an impact. And he's versatile. That's, for me, the biggest thing. He can occupy so many positions in the final third. I actually had the preseason friendly against Shakhtar uh, a few days ago. They won 3-0. Mohamed Kudus played, scored two goals. Guess what position he was occupying in that game? Bakar Saka's position. Yeah. Yeah, so say right wing, yeah. Yeah, Bakar Saka's position. And what he can offer in that position is goal output, which we need if Bakar Saka doesn't play, assists, mm. and someone that knows how to take on a man. And I think Kudus does that. And uh, when you're looking at the price, 35, 40 million pounds, in this day and age, it's a price that you're willing to take the risk, to mm. be honest. We've been linked in the past. We're linked with Lindstrom. Remember that those links came to fruition uh, from Frankfurt. Yeah. And yeah, you're, yeah. Think, you're thinking that what's Mikel Arteta looking for in terms of this right wing option, in terms yeah. of trying to ease the burden on Bakaya Saka. You're linked in the past to Rafinha. We've been linked to a whole host of names, Musa Diaby, etc. But it seems right now Miklateta wants someone that is versatile. Kudus is that. He is that type of player. And for me, profiles, profiles, profiles. And I'm on board with this sign. And I think if the window was to end today and we were to say bring in Havertz, um, Timba, Dekarais, and say the last signing was Kudus, I'd give that a 9 out of 10. To be honest, I'd give it. What would have made it a ten? Um, probably you. Know, I look at the defense. We we spoken about a few weeks ago. Hmm. I like a defender that is fixated with scoring goals, assists. I like yeah. that lux luxury type type of football. Yeah, like a frimpong or Cancelo, like or Cancelo. Yeah, sure. For for me, that would be like a dream yeah. come true. Like I know they have deficiencies. They may not be the best in terms of defending in terms of when you compare it to Ben White or Timber, etc. But what they can offer going forwards, I think it's priceless. Say, for example, if you need a goal in the um, final stages of the game, you're drawing 1-1 against, say, a Brentford, and, and the game's ticking along, and you get to 85th minute or 86th, 87th minute, and you need the goal, someone like Cancelo can just, just produce a piece of magic, can put the ball in the box, great cross, or can even score himself. So someone like that would make it a 10 out of 10, but if we sign Kudus, I'd give a 9 out of 10. And for me, I think we've had a fantastic window, not only because the fact that we spent money, but we made smart signings. And for me, that's the biggest thing that we needed this summer. I agree. Um, I think it's interesting kind of seeing what we do um, and how you rate the window at the end as well. On Kudus quickly, I think if Balogun stays, he's not a necessity mm. because I think that Jesus can offer coverage on the right-hand side. You can rotate him with Saka and Balogun can play through the middle. I think Balogun will go. Yes. Um, and so because of that, I think Kudus is a good player to potentially bring in in reaction and response to that. If that happens and we get out Pepe, Holding, Laconga, Tavares, uh, you know, the expendables, Cedric from the team, if we get them out, and get a little bit of money in for him. And if Balogun goes, we get a good fee for him. You know, I think you're looking at, you know, a high nine, you know, window. Um, if Partey stays, of course. Yeah, and if yeah. he doesn't, then you replace him successfully. I just think that we have got such great depth. Such great depth. Stacks, uh, you know, man. right back, 
you've got um, Timber, Tommy, White. At right centre-back, you've got Saliba, Timber, White. Hmm. At left centre-back, you've got Gabriel, Kivior, Tommy Asu. At left-back, you've got Zinchenko, Tierney, Kivior, Tommy Asu. At six, you've got Jorginho, Partey, Rice. At the two like kind of attacking eights that are now returning into, you've got Odegaard, Vieira, Havertz, Trossard, Smith Rowe. Um, right wing, you've got Saka. Jesus can play there. Nelson, Trossard can play there and has done. Left wing, you've got Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Trossard. Again, Jesus can play there. Um, and centre forward, you've got Jesus. Inketia at the moment, Balogun, and you've got uh, Trossard, who did a really good job there as well. We have Profiles. got really good depth Versatility. in all of those areas, you know. Mm. Um, I think that we have to try, obviously, this season is going to be all about trophies, and mm. you want to see us lift the trophy. I've said some, for some time that if your expectation this season is a trophy, I think that's too much of an expectation, because until City are no longer the favourite for that tournament, you can aim toward it. Do you know what I mean? You can aim towards a trophy, but expecting a trophy while City are in a competition. So say like City get knocked out of the FA Cup early on and we don't play them. We're then the favourites for that tournament. You know what I mean? So if we don't win the FA Cup and City get knocked out by someone else, I'd say could have won the FA Cup. You know, we've arguably underachieved in the FA Cup. Like last season, they're the ones that knocked us out of the FA Cup in the fourth round. So I had no qualms about the FA Cup. I think we underachieved in the Europa League. I think we overachieved in the Premier League and we underachieved um, in the League Cup because Brighton knocked us out of home, obviously. So I look at what we do in terms of as a club, we're moving in that right direction. The business that we've done, the recruitment that we've done, the, the manager and what he's done to this team, the philosophy, the principles, the style of play, the depth, the transformation, the evolution of Arsenal Football Club has been excellent. And I'm excited for the season, Umar. Yeah, buzzing, buzzing. Like, for me, a great season uh, would be if we can, again, compete with Manchester City in the Premier League, um, go one step further. Um, and I think we'll be there and thereabouts this season. We'll be in a title race again. We'll be challenging Manchester City because you look at this squad, we've improved the squad. We've improved the squad. We're not weaker than we were um, compared to last season. And then you're back in the Champions League. You want Arsenal to do well in Europe. I think that's been um, one avenue that I think we've struggled in in recent seasons. So you want to see Arsenal compete against the best of Europe's elite. And I think, again, it's a competition that we can do well in. So, yeah, we're not ex- sitting here and expecting Arsenal to win the double, win the Champions League, win the Premier League. In an ideal world, we would love that. But we want Arsenal to compete, push Manchester City all the way. And I think I think we can do that. I think we can do that. I think we're on course for something special at this football club. Like, the evolution of Arsenal has been fantastic to see over the past few seasons. We've continued to evolve. We've continued to develop and progress and improve year on year. And now we're reaching a stage where we're close to achieving what we want in terms of the biggest trophies in domestically and in Europe. And I think what Mikel Arteta has done, what Edu, the Cronkies have done for this football club over the past few seasons, they've showed ambition. They have improved and they've, they've showed the willingness that they want Arsenal back at the highest level. So enjoy the ride. like Enjoy it because you, you don't get these moments often. There's going to be a time in six, seven years that Arsenal won't be challenging at the top because no team has that right. 
if you know what I mean. So enjoy what's happening right now. And fingers crossed we are on course for a special season because I, I think it could be special. I think it could. I do too. I'm looking forward to seeing what we do this season. I'm looking forward to seeing where things happen and go and develop as a club. And I think we've got plenty uh, to enjoy about this. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Uh, I will be back with Umar, of course, next week as we return uh, for the show on Monday. Uh, Charlie's away for the next couple of weeks, so uh, sadly uh, he won't be around, but we'll be back, of course, for the start of the Premier League season. Um, we've got, obviously, more updates coming for America and uh, hopefully more videos as well. And uh, we'll be uh, reacting to that game against Manchester United in Monday's show, so make sure you tune back in for that. Help us on our way to, what, is it nearly 90 thousand subs what are we at eighty five thousand subs now so uh help us on our way to 90k people um we want to try and get 100k by the end of the year umar right that's got to be a target surely yeah sure. so uh let's see if we can do it uh, thank you for everyone for listening it's very much appreciated uh we will see you all when we return and uh umar thank you for your time as always mate always appreciate my friends Happy stuff drop a like subscribe see you soon stay safe stay well and keep following us down the arsenal way oh, yeah.